0: Hello, and welcome to Scania today's Let's Talk AI podcast, where you can hear from AI researchers about what's actually going on with AI and what is just clickbait headlines. We release weekly AI news coverage and discussion, as well as occasional interviews, such as today. I'm Andrew Krennikov, a third-year PhD student at the Stanford Vision and Learning Lab and the host of this episode. In this special interview episode, we'll get to hear from the authors of a recent paper, The Evolving Impact of Robots on Jobs, Professors Jong Chung and Yong Lee. Professor Yong Lee is the SK Center Fellow at the Freeman Spogli Institute for International Studies. He is also the Deputy Director of a Korea Program at the Walter H. Schoenstein Asia Pacific Research Center, a faculty of the Stanford Cyber Initiative, a faculty affiliate at the Center for Global Poverty and Development and the Center for East Asian Studies at Stanford University. His research is in the fields of labor economics, technology, and entrepreneurship, and urban economics, with his current research examining digital technology and labor, and focusing on how new technologies will affect labor and how societies react to new technologies. Uh, professor Jong Chong is an assistant professor at the Economics Department of Auburn University and has got and got his PhD from Stanford University in 2019. His research interest is in the field of international trade. Thank you so much, professors uh, Lee and Chang, for joining us for this interview episode.
1: Thank you for Thank having you us. Very much for having us.
0: Alrighty, well, let's go ahead and dive in. Our focus will be on your recent paper, The Evolving Impact of Robots on Jobs and Its Conclusions. I actually came to see uh, this research f- by an article from the Stanford Human-Centered AI Institute that was titled, Why Robots and AI May Not Herald a Job Apocalypse, which is kind of... <laughs> uh, letting us know what the conclusion of that paper might be. So before we dive into any details, uh, I'm going to ask both of you, can you kind of give us a high level summary of the project, of the research and why you found it interesting to work on it uh, personally?
1: Um, Okay, sure. Uh, Maybe I'll go first on this one. Um, So um, this project started actually quite a while ago. (laughs) It's been about four to five years. and back then, I was interested in, in um, comparing the effects of globalization on labor markets and also the impact of technolo- technological change on labor markets, because those were two forces um, that scholars were debating and discussing and examining in terms of having long term consequences on jobs. Um, and back then, John was a graduate student in the economics department and he was specializing in inter- international trade, so it was perfect that I got in touch with him um, and he had the expertise in, in examining um, trade exposure, um, robotics exposure, etc. Um, and that's how we got together, um, how it started. And um, the, uh, while we were examining this, we found that what interesting aspect was that the effect of a robot exposure was changing over time um, and we gradually shifted the focus of our paper to focus on this dimension that how robotics affects jobs, but its effects are changing over time. So to just give you an overview of what the result is, so there was already a well-known paper um, by um, MIT scholars that showed that robot exposure negatively affected jobs in the U.S. Um, and we were finding similar results when we were examining similar periods. But as we looked into the data more, uh, we found that that effect changed over time, that um, initially during the periods that they examined, the early 2000s, is indeed robot exposure reduces jobs, local employment and wages in the US. What we found was that in more recent periods, um, post-2010, more recent years, that um, robot exposure actually led to an increase in jobs in the local economy and also some uptick in wages as well. So that's um, sort of the high-level overview of what we found. I see.
0: Yeah, that uh, makes a lot of sense. John, maybe you can add a high level summary of how you went about the project and any any personal angle on why you found it interesting yourself.
2: Yeah. So um, as Young mentioned, uh, the project initially was going to look at the effect of the trade shocks on the job market and in many ways, the approach, the general approach we took in this paper resembles the way you might examine the effect of trade on the labor market. There's a very well known uh, paper um, by MIT scholars, different MIT scholars, um, that look at the impact of the Chinese imports on the US labor market, which similarly found the negative impact, so that the employment as well as wage went down because of the Chinese imports. Um, and in many ways, the concerns about the The job losses due to the technological innovations like robots and AI resemble the concerns about trade and how it affects the um, employment. So I thought studying and thinking about how the robots affect the employment and wages also helped me better understand how the labor market responds to different economic shocks, including um, international trade.
0: I see. And uh, so you say that it's similar to how you might conduct international trade research. Maybe that's a good starting point to talk about. What data did you use to actually analyze this impact? How can you tell the impact of robots on jobs in particular sectors or
2: areas? So our main source of data for measuring the robot exposure is the International Federation of Robotics. Uh, which is an organization that, among other things, provides the number of industry-specific robots shipped to each country in a given year. And I want to be clear here, um, so when you say robots here, we mean the industrial robots, um, which are required to be reprogrammable and multipurpose. We complement um, the robot data with the EU claims data, um, this data set provides the number of workers for each country in different industries and years. Um, so these two data sets allow us to measure the number of robots per workers in different industries for um, different countries and years. Along with the robot exposure measure, we also use the Census and the American Community Survey data. And with this data set, we measure the employment and wages of different industries and regions within the U.S. This allows us to calculate the industrial composition of different regions and also to measure the employment and wage growth of these regions, which are the objects of our interest. Um, There are are a few other data sets we use, like the trade data from U.N. Comtrade that we used to account for the Chinese imports and its effect on the employment. Uh, And much of the effort was really to um, but to combine the different data sets so that their industries and regions agree with each other and remain consistent over time. And except for the um, robots data from the International Federation of Robotics, all our data are publicly available.
0: I see. Very interesting. Certainly, uh, as someone working in AI, getting a glimpse into how stuff is done in economics is pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to add maybe one point is because um, you know, a lot of scholars, economists have been examining this question of what's the impact of robots on jobs. And the effects will likely differ across data sets and because that the data comes from different countries. Different countries have different institutions, labor unions, regulations, et cetera. So when we're thinking about examining whether an effect is evolving over time, we wanted to make sure there were a, a bench line that we could actually compare this to. And the main bench line was bench was like um, the paper that we discuss um, the scholars by it is Asimoglu and Restrepo, uh, which examined, um, was published, is, and shows that robots reduce jobs uh, in the US. So we wanted to maintain a consistent framework um, that we could actually compare that, yes, it is true. We find a similar effect using very similar framework and data. But it evolves over time so that the effect we're finding is not attributed to different institutions, different countries or contexts, but um, within the same framework that we're finding um, this evolution.
0: I see. Yeah, that's, of course, an interesting finding, I think. It's a bit counterintuitive that at first robots seem to be bad for jobs and then maybe less bad and maybe even good. So can you give us a high level explanation of how you analyze the data, how you came to these
2: conclusions? Uh, What we do is we exploit the different regions in the United States have this different um, experience, different exposure to the growth of the industrial robots. So some regions within the U.S. are more heavily exposed to the impacts of robot growth because they are focused on the sectors that adopt a lot of robots like automobiles and electronics. Um, so what you find is that um, in the 2000s, these highly exposed regions experienced greater employment and wage loss or smaller employment wage gain compared to the regions that are less exposed to robots. So that finding suggests that robot adoption causes um, smaller employment or loss in the employment. And this finding again is consistent with the previous results that um, Young has mentioned. Um, but we use the exactly same design but look in more recent years. And then there we find the pattern has um, changed. So that high exposure regions, the regions that um, are more heavily focused on the sectors that adopt more robots actually saw a growth in employment relative to the other regions that are less exposed to the robot growth. So our estimate suggests that between 2005 and 2011 each robot was associated with about 20 to 50 jobs lost, whereas in more recent period each job actually added about 15 jobs.
0: I see that uh, makes a lot of sense. And then given that, maybe we can talk a bit about why might this be happening? What are the causes for jobs, uh, for robots impacts on jobs to change over time?
1: Yeah. So I guess the reason uh, why we, we see this rebound effect that we believe is. Um, so robots themselves change um, and initially when robots were introduced, um, the quality of robots back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s um, are different from robots today. Um, one can imagine even for the same robot that performs the same type of activity, for instance, welding, uh, welding robots probably today are much more efficient than they were back then. So what that, that does is that robots become productive in themselves. And as robot a type of capital becomes more productive, um, the firm becomes productive which thereby can actually increase overall product labor productivity and um, labor demand by the firm. So this channel is what we believe um, um, is going on and so-called robot deepening, basically the same type of robots actually um, performing better or becoming more productive. Um, Another angle that um, we see anecdotally is there's these type of robots that are being created that are in intentionally developed to augment humans. Um, some, some It's called collaborate robots, um, augmentative robots, They're different words. But basically, for instance, in construction, um some tasks people can't do by themselves. They wear these robots and they perform the hard tasks, difficult lifting activities, whereas the human can focus on the maneuvering, et cetera. So um, we've seen the rise of collaborative robots in various industries, um, in especially in automotive and electronics as well. And we think that's two um, channels where um, the robot augmentation effect. Uh, might be happening.
0: I see. So that sounds like um, a lot like the commonly used uh, bank teller story. So in AI, we often discuss the job losses and it's often pointed out that ATMs, other technology often results in some jobs being lost. But then because ATMs uh, make banks sort of more productive, there's more bank branches and there's more overall jobs as a result. Is that the idea of robot deepening that robots become so useful that you can do more manufacturing and a the result there's more
2: manufacturing jobs? Um, OK, I can try. Um, so that is definitely a possibility. Um, so we do not quite see the um, details of the jobs that gets created or destroyed with our data set. So while we can suggest different mechanisms through which the um, robots are creating jobs, uh, we cannot be exactly sure whether the um, this job creation is due to new tasks being created, like these people um, managing the robots and taking care of the robots, versus the other effects, like the productivity improvement um, due to the um, due to the robots.
1: Yeah, I think there is some parallel to that, but um, there is also some some differences. The case of the ATM is um, basically it freed up tellers' time. So that they could focus on different tasks. Um, and that is some, true in some aspects, um, but sometimes like in the case of robot deepening itself, it may be the case that um, it's doing the same type of activities um, and it's just performing better. Um, so in the same amount of labor input um, with a better capital, maybe performing better. So that's one angle. The other is something that you just mentioned that, oh, by robots performing certain tasks, it's freeing up more time. Um, in that case, what's the, the main difference is the range of tasks that the robots perform can be expanding. And then that can free up um, labor's um, time and they can actually focus on different tasks that they have to compare to the in. Um, another angle that um, we haven't discussed yet is that in general, when these new technologies are developed, organizations need to change as well and adopt to actually become productive. And this could have been happening as well. When there are certain types of being robots being introduced, organizations, firms might not be using them very efficiently because they don't know how to like, integrate it into their processes yet. But as they learn over their years and they find the right balance, they can become more productive as well. So there's this sort of time lag in productivity gains when new technologies are introduced. And this was the case for IT, even electronics, um, electricity back then, as uh, as well as probably the newest technologies like AI.
0: I see. Uh, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And this also makes me think of when talking about jobs and AI, often, you know, even just normal researchers in AI like me who aren't that versed in economics, uh, there's kind of a story that with new technologies of AI, there'll be new types of jobs. So you'll need people who program the robots or otherwise, uh, you know, there's going to be new roles for people to fill. So did you look, or is that one possible reason for change over time, or not so much?
1: Um, John, you want to take a stab?
2: Um, so I guess to add on to that, um, I think one of the reasons it's so hard to speculate these things is the type of technology that's disruptive are precisely the kinds that's difficult to predict. So I think our research actually indicates that as Technology becomes more mature. It um, tends to iterate on the existing technology. So, for example, robots. As the the um, technology for robots are uh, maturing, we see the new robots are replacing the existing robots rather than humans, and therefore that we see the. Um, stabilization of the um so we're benefiting from the productivity gain without this disruption on the employment but of course it's possible especially with the technology like ai in other fields um these new innovations that's difficult to forecast now can be very disruptive and yes it is um so going back it is precisely the type of technology that's um difficult to predict, that will be most disruptive.
1: Yeah, just to um, just um, build up on that is so I think so what 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 you're referring to is what's we basically often referred to as a reinstatement effect that, oh, when cars were introduced, um, there are now taxi drivers. When spreadsheets were introduced, there's now these type of accountants that can focus using software. Um, and the idea is, is, yes, when there's these new AI technologies, we hope, and maybe the case that there may be new types of jobs being created that did not exist before. So the creation of new jobs would definitely result in new technology um, resulting in, in more jobs. But is this that the case that we see here? We don't think that's the story here in um, our paper when we're looking, focusing on industrial robots and finding the effects primarily in manufacturing, um, because economists are still examining this. They're trying to look into data to find, like, are there any new types of jobs um, happening? And it's a bit slow. Um, there's not good data on this. Um, but we're not in general. Economists have not found new jobs being created in the sectors that we're that robots are impacting the most. For instance, manufacturing um, most of the new jobs, if they were created, in, are in the, the service sectors. Um, so personal health, um, finance, et cetera. So um, we believe that what we're finding here is more of the productivity related effects rather than the reinstatement effect. But as you mentioned, um, the case of AI or other new robotics technology down the road, definitely we do think that reinstatement effect um, can happen. But it's still at a very early stage that we don't have much um, empirical evidence to confirm. Are new jobs being created yet.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, I think it is probably interesting and worth noting for AI researchers out there or people interested in AI. It's a little more complicated than the conversations we often have and when we discuss these things. And so things like robot deepening and collaborative robotics are also interesting and worth being aware of besides just new jobs being created. Now, if you can zoom out a bit and maybe get a bit more speculative, uh, I think it's very interesting to see the results you have. And, you know, for the data that you have, it's, you know, factually what it is. Can you make an educated guess as to is this pattern likely to continue? Uh, Can you see looking forward into, let's say, the next decade, uh, do you have any guess as to the impact of robots on jobs uh, going forward?
1: Yeah, it's always a bit challenge to make speculation. Um, but so the results we're finding here is, is at least it's promising that in certain sectors um, where there are productivity gains from robotics, that, that sector expands and it hires more. And even potentially there's a spillover effect where, oh, if, uh, you know, the regions, one part of the region's economy, this manufacturing sector is doing very well, could be a new manufacturing sector, then, you know, the service sectors nearby will benefit because there's demand for service goods, um, which could actually um, increase jobs in other sectors as well. So that's the optimistic view um, that we see. and, And we do find some of that evidence here. But I To be um, cautious that, you know, if defective is evolving over time and robots are evolving, we can even imagine robots evolving even further where they become even more advanced, where um, we talk about collaborative robots. But suppose that um, robots become sufficient enough that they can perform a whole range of physical activity that's that humans could have performed Um, in that case. Um, It could be, you know, another dip where um, these super advanced robots take over a large chunk of the human's task and potentially um, result in, you know, reduction in jobs. So, um, again, that's very speculative. It's hard to know um, where technology will develop. But one thing that's that's interesting is is. firms and people have initiative in how to design robots. So the way collaborative robots were somewhat designed was that they realized that rather trying to design a robot that like, for instance, certain companies, um, this was a case in Mitsubishi um, in Japan. They were th- initially trying to think of a robot that would actually replace construction workers, but learned that that wasn't very productive. And they intentionally designed to come up with robots that can actually augment human. And also when there are sectors where there's a shortage of labor, um, they want to augment um, these workers so that can actually facilitate facilitate them coming into the sector and maintain them in the workforce. So I think there's this aspect of, oh, it's robots are exogenous. No, it's not the case. Robots are actually endogenous and people can actually um, design the way that robots um, will function um, in the economy.
2: I completely agree with you. And I think more broadly, there's definitely a room for the policies to help those who suffer from this type of innovations and other shocks. Um, So when you do research like this, it's easy to forget the the actual pain that's been felt by the workers and um, many workers. Um, And I think there's definitely a room for policies to provide generally broader um, safety net to help the people, um, even if this loss is short-term to help them out Um, and to insulate them from the types of uncertainty we discussed today.
0: Yeah. So, of course, hard to speculate. And uh, many people often kind of are armchair economists and predict very confidently that AI will cost all our jobs. And in my experience, looking at the area, it seems like at the very least, you can say that it's hard to predict and there's different kind of effects going on. So maybe for our last question and to round things out, let's zoom out a bit further and just kind of talk about for AI more broadly, not just robotics, but also computer vision, language recognition, all these technologies. um, Should we kind of be mindful of similar effects that could be happening with technologies? So, for instance, you've mentioned, I think, that there's a delayed productivity gain as organizations kind of learn how to use these tools and integrate them and make use of them and the technology itself develops for yeah, generally other AI technologies. Should that be also a factor people are aware of uh, in thinking about the impact on jobs and the economy?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, AI is even um, even it's it's the so-called the newest general purpose technology. Um, so robot robots, for instance, have been around, especially in the industrial sector, for a long period of time. In the case of Japan, which um, adopts robots very intensively, it's already declining in terms of adoption. Um, so, yeah, AI is the, the hot new technology out there. And I think, um, yes, it's the same similar story that right now we're not sure. Like, first of all, there's not very much data on AI adoption, how they're using this um, within businesses um, at the micro level. So despite economists interest being interested in this question, there's no really um, good data to examine this. Um, And there is speculation using different methods that AI could replace certain type of workers, um, certain type of tasks. But um, some evidence out there says it's much more widespread um, compared to robots. It's and it's across all spectrum from blue collar to white collar workers. Um, But I do think there is this delayed um, potentially delayed productivity effect that will happen um, because I have this other paper that looks into AI adoption in the finance sector. And what we're finding is that looking into different occupations, um, AI does decrease um, the jobs for what we find lower level, low skilled um, workers in banking and finance. But in general, it seems like AI adoption is highly correlated with the increase in managerial position and analytical position, not just tech positions. But overall, so um, I think we're still it's a bit early to tell. But um, like similar to a lot of these technologies, initially, we might not find much productivity gains. But over the long run, um, I'm hopeful that um, these could result in productivity benefits and um, and actually increase demand for certain occupations. But the, the caveat is that um, it could be like what we're seeing in the economy right now, talking about the K-curve K recovery, that certain spectrum of the occupation, um, especially skills um, more analytical, might do better than um, those with less skill. And the key aspect going forward is how are we going to train a set of workers without the set of skill that that's suitable, that's suited for the AI economy. Um, And that's not an easy task is trying to train people um, to code itself. is not easy, Um, but that's something I think we need to keep in mind as we consider the impact of AI on jobs.
0: That makes a ton of sense. And that's one message you've tried to actually highlight that you found in economics that you know, uh, maybe we shouldn't be so dystopian and pessimistic about all jobs will be lost, but we can try to provide safety nets and think about the impact of AI on jobs. And so I'm glad you pointed it out. And certainly something I try to convey to people when they ask about this topic. So with that, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up. Thank you so much, Professors Yong Lee and Jong Chung for being on this episode.
1: Thank you very much, Andre.
0: And thank you so much, listeners of this episode, for being with us on the Let's Talk AI podcast. You can find articles on similar topics to today's discussion at scanitoday.com. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a rating if you like the show. Be sure to tune in to our future episodes.